Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Nighttime. In tonight's episode, we're going to catch up with a past topic, and frankly, it's one of the strangest I've covered. In a past episode, I shared the story of Romana Digilo, the Filipino immigrant who from a bedroom in a Victoria, B.C. boarding house convinced a surprising number of Canadians that she is, in fact, the true Queen of Canada and our kingdom's commander-in-chief. Hello, Canada. I'm Romana Digilo. As of February this year, 2021, I am the Head of State and Commander-in-Chief of Canada, the Republic. The people who appointed me are the White Hats and the U.S. military, together with the Global Allied Troops and their governments. The same group of people who have helped President Trump. During that episode, we discussed how a part of the self-appointed Queen's rule involved having her followers send pseudo-legal cease-and-desist letters to anyone who seemed to act outside of the fantasy that was consuming them. Hi there. I just wonder if this detachment's been served the cease-and-desist order? I have not. No. I'm just going to leave this um, cease-and-desist order. It is legit. Um, I, I just gonna uh, just recommend that it gets complied with. It's it's recommended to give to your chief of police. I believe that's Chief uh, Gilbert. Yep. If you could do that, that'd be great. So yeah, I, I'm just gonna. Uh, if you if you need my name, uh, you can get it through Romana. She's the new commander in chief. Uh, I'll be reporting back. So if she's Romana is the new chief commander of who? Of Canada. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I don't. But if you if you need my information, you can get it through Romana because I'm going to report back to her. So she, if she's so inclined to give it to you, she will. Can I get your first name? Uh, I'm not going to give you my name. I'm going to leave that with you. Okay. All right. Thank you. After the release of that initial episode, I released a two-part follow-up series that shared with you the story of Queen Romano's siege of the Peterborough, Ontario police station, a situation that began with the very cease and desist letter you just heard get delivered in that prior clip and ended with this kind of news story. Get that sign out of here right now. Are you afraid of a choice? Get it out of here now. About 30 people gathered in Confederation Park Saturday afternoon to, as they say, arrest local police officers. We're going to request the military come and remove the criminals. They then marched to the Peterborough Police Station on Water Street, where some attempted to enter the lobby, though they were unable to get in. Around 4 p.m. on Saturday, when several officers arrived for their shift in their vehicles, they were approached by members of the group, and things escalated quickly. A 56-year-old man has been charged with two counts of assaulting police after allegedly striking two officers. A 31-year-old man has been charged with assaulting a police officer. A 54-year-old man is also facing charges of mischief and resisting arrest. Well, despite the unsuccessful takeover of a police station, the self-appointed queen and her kingdom of gullibles haven't slowed down at all. They've embarked on a now multi-year-long crisscrossing of Canada in RVs with stops along the way at followers' homes and properties. 
but up until recently, the Queen's Traveling Circus hadn't stayed anywhere for more than a month or so, and typically they weren't met with much resistance from locals. Some sideways glances, sure, but things have changed on that front. Let me get you caught up. Earlier this month, Queen Ramana and her Stranger Than Fiction roadshow pulled into the small community of Kamsak, Saskatchewan. The citizens of Kamsak were certainly curious, but when Romana's followers explained to the locals that they were there to educate the community and clean up the town, well, the people of Kamsak and some neighboring First Nations communities promptly escorted the queen and her minions out of there. A cavalcade of approximately eight vehicles arrived in Kamsak in the early morning hours of Wednesday. The community's acting administrator went out to investigate. It was very alarming. It really, really was very alarming and worrisome because when they're claiming to be taking over the town. The lead motorhome carried a woman claiming to be Queen of Canada and leader of First Nations. This is a dangerous group. When I read things online, they, they've threatened to kill health care workers and firefighters. Our hospital and, and clinic went on a lockdown. About 200 angry townsfolk and members of nearby First Nations confronted the group and escorted them out of town. There was no violence, no nothing. It was, it was just amazing to see how quickly this community and the neighboring First Nations came together in a common goal about getting this group out of town. The cavalcade has since been spotted near Regina, parked outside another small town. Now, as fascinating as that recent development is, it's only going to get weirder. After getting the boot from Kamsak, Queen Ramana's band of misfits made a deal with a landowner in the even smaller community of Richmond, Saskatchewan. The deal was that Ramana and her people could use an abandoned schoolhouse as what the Queen is referring to as a command center. Basically, they were getting a large compound. And as you can probably imagine, nearly all of Richmond's 180-ish residents didn't want a self-appointed anti-government cult-like group operating in an abandoned schoolhouse next to the community's only playground and baseball field. So they wanted to drive them out just like the people of Kamsak did. The U.S.-based Anti-Defamation League says Romana Dedulo is a Canadian QAnon figure who has called for violent action against people who give COVID-19 vaccines to kids. Dedulo and her followers are camped on a property in the village of Richmond. Yesterday, about 50 trucks circled the property, blaring their horns in hopes she and her followers would leave. So yes, this whole thing is heating up. Fortunately, we have a friend on the inside who's going to tell us just how hot it's gotten between the people of Richmond, Saskatchewan and the QAnon queen, Ramana Digilo. In this episode, we're joined by Tom, who produces a sort of guerrilla news site called Community TV. When the protests started in Richmond, Tom was there, standing between the honking horns and the cries of, you're a pedophile that's going to be arrested. So let's get into it. Tom from Community TV. It's it's amazing to meet you in, well, I guess in person. I've been watching your Facebook channel, Community TV, pretty much nonstop over the last two days. And I, I first came across you as a, as a result of people sharing your live streams on Facebook um, over the last few days as you've been, I guess, uh, documenting Romana Didrilo's, um invasion of Richmond, 
Saskatchewan. And let me first ask you though, who are you and what is Community TV and how did you get into this mess? Uh, well, uh, I got into journalism a little over 15 years ago, studied it in uh, college. I uh, got a job out here in the prairies. I'm originally from Halifax, Nova Scotia. What are um, you? That's where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Small world, eh? Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, you do all these stories about creepy stuff. You must know Glove Man. Oh, my gosh, man. Right? Glove Man's where it all starts when it comes to creepy Nova Scotia, creepy Halifax. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I finished uh, school out in Halifax. Uh, you know, I got a job out here in Medicine Hat, Alberta. I had no idea where I was headed. I was just like, there's money out there in Alberta. That was 15 years ago. Uh, and so I came out here to get uh, some of that good, good Alberta coin. Uh, turns out that, you know, uh the first thing to fall off is uh is journalism you know when it comes to uh, the uh, economy mm -hmm. uh so i started my own thing uh and i've been doing it you know broadcasting on facebook and youtube for a little over a decade and uh basically i'm, I'm kind of known as the local shit disturber in the small town of medicine hat uh 65,000 people um you know but i get interviews with everybody from the mayor to the sometimes chief of police or you know uh cover interesting stories of sort of a uh, social interest and uh, then we also have a writer named kelly who covers uh municipal politics so we're kind of trying to like fill some of the gap that exists in the uh journalism deserts of uh southern alberta yeah you kind of do like a at least from what i've seen a sort of guerrilla style of journalism where you're right in the middle of it sticking a camera in people's faces and in some cases getting in pretty outlandish arguments at least in the situation with the queen of canada and her followers i had uh, many a good laugh watching your interactions uh, with them we'll get more into that as we go but i didn't realize you had an actual background in journalism uh, yeah. i just i just assumed you were a, a nut with a camera for lack of a better word that, that that is i think what journalists generally are um mm. now the 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 who considers what a nut and and what perspective is uh is is making that consideration is is really the the ultimate that's a good way to put it so you're based out of alberta but the story that connects us happens in saskatchewan how far are you away from like camsack and richmond saskatchewan are you, are you far from there uh not too far uh so basically right at the sort of southern border of Alberta and Saskatchewan um, and also very close to the uh, United States border. Um, so Medicine Hat, uh, I drive east for about an hour and then I'm in uh, Richmond and there is not a whole lot in between. Um, like literally I have to get gas before I leave Medicine Hat and know that I have enough to get out there and get back home unless I'm knocking on a farmer's door and saying like, Hey, can I get a dairy can or something? Uh, there's no gas station in Richmond. Uh, and I don't think there are any gas stations between like, like once you're in Richmond, the closest gas station is all the way back to medicine hat or further away oh, than medicine hat in the other direction. So <laughs> yeah, it's really a remote place. Yeah. So uh, of course, uh, Richmond is where the videos that, I've seen you film and I learned about you from were filmed, but before Queen Romana Digilo and her followers or whatever we want to call them, before they ended up in Richmond, they had a whole incident in a place called Camsack, Saskatchewan. Right. Yep. Were, were you following that or? I was, um, and I actually know uh, one of the um, uh, First Nations residents of uh, an area around Camsack. They're mm -hmm. not in the town of Camsack um blackfoot and cree people from the area um heard that she was calling herself the 
indigenous chief of all indigenous people mm. and uh they they took issue with that and uh that was uh sort of one of the folks that i've actually had interviews before with uh, here in medicine had um you know leaders that are in those communities um contacted me and said hey like look what we're doing at camsac and i i had a look and i was like wow <laughs> that sure is news and then all of a sudden they end up in richmond and i have folks contacting me from richmond saying you know we've reached out to you know the ctvs and the you know xyz's of the world and and uh they haven't really responded they've given us sort of you know uh, uh, a response in terms of you know we think there's a story there but we don't have anybody saying they're coming uh which we, we just want somebody to come um and so being that i was sort of close by and this all sort of precipitated on a weekend which in a uh, journalism desert you'll find that on weekends sometimes there's just nobody around to report because we all need a break sometimes yeah. but um I can't take a break when there's a cult and a protest in one. I mean, that's two of my favorite things. <laughs> I, I get that. So they're all but run out of Camsack. They leave there and head to Richmond. Uh, again, I'm on the other side of the country. What is like? Give me an idea of the, of the distance between those two places. Like, did they just travel to like the next door town, or, or is there a big difference uh, in I, area between the two? Yeah, it's not really the next town over. Um, I, I suspect that it had a lot to do with the fact that there was. Uh, a property with a building on it that they were um, maybe invited to. I don't have sort of facts on that, but when they got yeah. there, they were welcomed in. So uh, I think it had something to do with the attraction of that building. Yeah, uh, I'm sure after they got booted at a campsack, they were looking for a comfortable place to crash, and and I'm sure a follow of theirs, uh, a follower of theirs, probably welcomed them with open arms. Um, a lot of, when I've been telling people about this story and what's going on out there, I've yet to run into anyone who has ever heard of Richmond, Saskatchewan. The impression I'm getting is that's just a, a little like blip in the ocean of Saskatchewan. This is a tiny I mean, place. You, you drive in off of the, uh, what is it? The, I think I'm on the 41, maybe. It's, a, it's not, it's, I mean, this highway has uh, no lines on it, dirt roads. Um, <laughs> It's, it's very remote. So when you drive into Richmond, you'll see uh, from the direction I'm coming from, uh, from the west towards the east, you'll see the school on the right. Um, there's a farm um, family that's on the left across the street. Uh, they uh, obviously own you know acres of property behind. They have combines in the front yard. Um, and then further down the street, I mean, this, the whole entire town is about three blocks. It's about wow. what you consider three city blocks. Mm -hmm. There is a post office. Um, the school is no, there is no longer a school there. So all the children from Richmond are bused to Fox Valley, which is the next um, uh, municipality over. Uh, so they take about a half hour bus ride to school. Uh, and this actually gives a little bit of background on the story. I was first contacted because there was suspicion about the bus driver, that she was acting very weird. And I, I said, well, you know, I'm not going to drive 45 minutes over the story of a bus driver that's acting weird. I don't understand what that is. And then soon after I was contacted back, the bus driver allegedly, uh, and this is unconfirmed, uh, this is all alleged by local people, local observers that told me they observed her being arrested uh, by the RCMP uh, and doing a um, DUI uh, sobriety field test uh, before Ooh. the arrest uh, while driving the school bus. Oh. Uh, so that was bad. Uh, obviously, an incident like that um, might have precipitated some of the family trauma that 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 caused this 
new situation to exist where they would possibly invite this this group. Uh, the person in question is the lady in the pink shirt throughout my videos who's chasing me around. Oh. I mean, obviously recently experienced some trauma and is trying to deal with that in some unhealthy ways. Uh, she she definitely doesn't look uh, of sound mind in your videos. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So so where they're stayed in, in Richmond, the small little town of Richmond, where Queen Romana and her crew are holed up, is, is like a decommissioned school, it looks like to me. So... Yeah, the school closed about a decade ago, and I, I do want to include that lots of the local people who were protesting around the school, when I stopped and I wanted to speak with local people, many of them didn't want to go on camera and be identified as somebody that was protesting for fear of retribution by the you know cult that's staying in the yard. I don't blame um, them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't blame them either, but a lot of them off camera had really heartfelt stories about their memories of going to that school. A lot of these people have lived in that community their whole lives. There were guys pulling over in their big diesel trucks, you know, these dudes with mustaches and tattoos saying, you know, I went there from grade primary to grade 12 and I don't like them taking this school from our community. Like you could feel the emotion in the voices yeah. of these, these, you know, hard working farm dudes that they probably would never shed a tear in front of their wife type of thing. And they were looking at this building being taken away from their community and they just wanted it to have, they wanted it to do something else. Um, this guy, Rick, who owns the building, uh, he had applied to help Canada to do a either medical cannabis or recreational cannabis facility at that school. Uh, he actually paid, uh, I, from what I understand, the range of several hundred thousand dollars to have transformers installed at the back of the school, which mm -hmm. can be seen in the videos. Uh, and the plan was to grow cannabis there. And I think the community, while they might be a little conservative, they thought at least that's a few jobs and some money and it's an interesting use of the school. We'll get used to it. At least it's not an abandoned school. Yeah. Uh, but it, it didn't work out. Um, you need a whole lot of money to turn an old school into a cannabis grow facility. And apparently the investors weren't there. Rick says he needs another $5 million to make it happen. And I, I don't think that that's... I mean, especially now with the optics of what's going on at that school, I don't oh, think investors yeah. are going to be, you know, lining up at the door if they know what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's sort of a pipe dream. Um, Good luck. Yeah. Right. And so now the school's left empty for several years. Um, Rick apparently has also been going into the municipal county meetings uh, on the regular to... Um, not sure how I want to qualify it, argue, I guess, about um, the deal that's been made, how much property he does own, where the property line actually is. Um, as you'd seen maybe in the first video when I went out there about a week ago, um, he had told me, you know, my property is actually 12 feet from where the orange line is. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't have a, you know, I don't have a land title or anything, but uh, the RCMP told me, we're going to go by the orange rope. That's, that's what, <laughs> yeah. the property line. So, yeah. And, and for people listening who haven't seen your videos yet, um, what's happening now is Queen Romana and her crew and the RV and a couple of the vehicles, they're right in the area of the school, but the property is, is fenced off with just an, like an orange string. It looks yeah. like going around it And the people of Richmond, a good number of them are circling the building honking their horns it's almost right. like the ottawa convoys except it's just around this building in rural saskatchewan as 
Queen Romana, well, not so much her, more so her followers, are just kind of milling about, taking pictures and filming people. Yeah. I guess that's the scene as you first arrive on there. As you described earlier, it was, you know, the opportunity was the weekend popped up. So you're like, you know, there's a protest and a cult. I'm going down there. So as you arrive to the scene, is it just like I explained? They're already kind of the lines are drawn and the protest is starting? Yeah, they had sent me a message uh, the night before and, the, um, you know, they said, we're going to start at 8 a.m. and we're going to go till 8 p.m. And I thought, OK, I mean, basically, as soon as I'm up and I got some coffee into me, I'll, I'll head on out there. <laughs> and so I, I think I probably arrived just before 10 a.m. And they had already been circling the 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 block. Um, sort of the school is on a property where Rick just owns the school. He doesn't own the the soccer field or the baseball field or the fire pit area. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, it's like uh, the the school is is like a horseshoe shape, like a quad, like most mm -hmm. you know sort of smaller elementary schools are. And Romano's main RV is in the quad. Uh, at, when I first arrive and I take my walk around the building, um, the other RV is sort of just positioned on the side, and I have a clear view you know, uh, to, towards Romano's RV. Um, and then it sort of after that first encounter with the lady there and I, I run back to my vehicle and, and do a few loops around, um, it's, they've, uh, they've sort of repositioned the vehicles so that they've made a, a vehicle wall mm -hmm. with the sort of fourth wall of the quad is now a, an RV and several vehicles. Uh, and Romano's RV is uh, parked inside, uh, mm -hmm. sort of as if they're trying to block camera view. It seemed. Mm, yeah. So it's almost like there's a central courtyard. Three sides of the courtyard will be the school due to the shape mm -hmm. of the school. And then the fourth wall is parked RVs blocking it. There are people standing on the roof of the building yeah. looking yeah. down at you and everyone else. And there's it's like a bunch of ladders. Like it's like it's it, it looks totally unsafe the way that there's Hell these yeah. aluminum ladders positioned on one part and then up on the other part and there's a guy with you know no no harness safety equipment no helmet he's got a cowboy hat on and he's walking around up there with binoculars just you know scoping everything out and yeah in the and again the, the meanwhile the townspeople are cruising around honking their horns for for people who haven't seen the videos yet i'm gonna or haven't seen your videos on community tv on facebook yet i'm gonna play a short clip of one of the first ones and this gives a sense of um of the scene as you arrive and also it gives a sense of your style of documenting this up until now i think when most people approach her crew they take a couple pictures, maybe say, can I talk to someone and get told no and walk off? Uh, I, I, will, I will come out and call it what it is. I would say you're pretty heavily trolling them. And, and it is some amazing, uh, it is amazing to watch. But we'll, we'll listen to this and then I want you to talk me through what's going on here. Let's paint the picture. Okay, here it comes. Queen Daidilo, come out of your castle! Where is Her Majesty? On this beautiful, glorious, sunny day, where is Her Majesty? Hey, Queen! Hey, hey, come on over and talk! Come on! Come on over! You want me to go over there? You want me to go over there? You want me to go there? Should I go there? Or do you want to come here? <laughs> 
horns. I think they want me to go over there. I think so. I think they want me to go over there. Think I might should go over there? We are suspicious of you guys. You've got the queen held captive, don't you? You've got the queen held captive. This person here might be involved in sedition. Sedition. Sedition against the queen. <laughs> You've got her locked up in there, don't you? <laughs> They're keeping the queen from us. They're keeping the queen from us. We need the RCMP out here to free the queen. She's being held captive inside that building. I'm certain of it. Look, they've got people on the roof. Guards everywhere. Guards at every single corner. Guards at every corner. Ricky, we've got to save the queen. We've got to save the queen. There's somebody screaming about pedophilia behind me. Ricky Mans, a couple of weirdos. First thing is I'm gonna walk up. Are you a pedophile? I'm not looking to make friends with any pedophiles. I'm not part of your group. No, I don't want to join your pedophile group. I don't want to be cut. No. I don't want to be a pedophile. No. You stay away. This old lady's trying to rape me. Oh my God, Tom, you're going to get yourself killed, man. What, what, is, what are you thinking? <laughs> I was at least trying to get myself shot. I was thinking maybe just a 22, maybe in the ass while I'm running away. You know, something shocking, but not deadly. Uh, for, for people who couldn't see the video and they just hear the audio, you're right, out, you're right on the property line with that little red wire in front of you. You're yelling to her followers, accusing them of kidnapping the queen, which I think is an amazing approach. Um, but it, it does end, it just says, as you hear listening to it, with some members of her group chasing after you, calling you a pedophile. Um, so dramatic. I will, I will qualify that with, I don't know if that person is like officially a member of their group or is defending the property with Ricky because they think they're going to get something from that group. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? They didn't necessarily mm. put the purple shirts on and quite get into the whole, um, you know, royal decrees and all that stuff they're just like oh you're gonna give us like money for renting here probably i don't know for sure but i mean they must have yeah. guaranteed them something maybe there's something what are those romano quite bucks serious. called the things she was printing off maybe they've got investments in that or something yeah <laughs> i hear they're worth quite a bit i'll tell you i went pretty far to try to get one of those bills from her um didn't work though i, I gave it a shot i just got myself booted out of their telegram i guess trying but um but yeah so the, this scene like we're, as you were doing that i would be scared i'd be nervous with all these lunatics around were you scared at all or did you know you were safe because it was enough people honking their horns which add an amazing ambience to the whole thing um shit I mean, maybe there's like a little, little tiny bit of fear, uh, but more, more importantly, more so sort of like fear for that person that would chase after somebody and then jump in front of moving vehicles. Um, 
Mm. I don't so much fear for like myself. Um, I mean, I've seen the pictures of Romana and hunting season. And I, I had seen the picture from years ago with the, uh, with the gun that she had there in the RV and the shotgun shells and the cup holder. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just too stupid to be scared or something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it makes for good videos on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't really imagine. I, I honestly can't imagine um, that being the place where the gunshots start. Um, it, it, that place. said though, I've never seen it. I've never seen it get to this point. I've been following her since she was still living in a rooming house in Victoria. I've been following her leave there, do her, you know, go to Ottawa, burn the flag, tour around the country in an RV. She has settled down and started little compounds here and there, but never to the point that they're like holed up in a building and the townspeople are driving around honking. This is certainly the uh, most intense situation they've gotten in up until this point. Let me ask you though, the, the townspeople who are protesting this, of course, a lot of them didn't want to go on, on your stream and, you know, put their names and faces out there and such. But, um, what seems to be their motivation to protest her and move her out of Richmond? Is it just the fear of like, what is this crazy business with the queen or are they actually scared? What is it? It's, it's actually, it's kind of funny. It's uh, the, the mayor uh, who I spoke with the day that I was out there, the mayor of uh, Richmond, Saskatchewan, uh, who actually came out to try and negotiate with them. Uh, He said, it all comes down to the simple fact that there's only one place the kids can play in Richmond, Saskatchewan. And that's the, the playground, which is on the schoolyard. And now that there's a bunch of random people showing up in campers and trucks and they don't know who these people are and they don't know if they have criminal backgrounds, they don't feel comfortable sending their kids out to just go play at the schoolyard anymore because now there's a bunch of people that are up all hours of the night with cameras and flashlights and they're on the roof of the building. And I mean, I'm not, an, I'm not a parent, but mm-hmm. I can totally appreciate the idea of just not wanting your kids to i mean they lived in this place that had like 160 people in it you know and now 20 new people show up and it's not like they're you know a a new community foundation or some hotterites or something that that people recognize it's something that's very foreign and it's something that has um they're they're being secretive you know like that people go over there when new people come to town and you stop in a small town like this people come over to you they get out of their truck they walk over and say hey how's it going my name's ken (laughs) you know i live right there (laughs) you know so when people have done that with these guys they're getting weird responses and they're going okay that's not what we're used to this is strange these people don't want to be known they're being secretive they're you know they'll stare at you and pull out a camera if you ask them questions we don't want our kids going out there and playing by themselves anymore so I cannot blame them at all. And you gave a number there about 160. Um, yeah. you, you said like they're living in a town of 160. Now there's another 20. So the population of Richmond, it, it is about 160, right? Like it's, it it's that low. It can't be more than that. It, I mean, yeah. for the number of houses that are there and the type of community that it is, I mean, these aren't all families with, you know, two, three kids. Most of them are retirement families. They owned the farms years ago. Um, you know, many of them are have been in that community their whole life because it's 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 not a, a high in out community. You know, it's something where, where yeah. the people that are there know each other. They have, and then you know, even if there are people that have uh, moved there with younger families, 
a lot of them have connections to that place and that's why they went back there they might have moved to Toronto, Calgary, whatever, done, you know, young professional life. And now they have uh, they have kids and they said, you know, well, maybe we want to raise those kids in a place that's, you know, a little more like home or a little more like what we experienced. So they take them back to, uh, you know, places like Fox Valley and Richmond, Saskatchewan, where, where they can yeah. sort of, you know, experience a bit of that farming prairie life sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I get that. And you, you gave a number there. I, I know it was just off the top of your head of 20. Do you, do you think that's a, a kind of a fair estimate for the number of people that are with the air quotes queen? It might be more than that. I mean, so when I was there that day, I was sort of subtly taking count of like, how many faces do I see? You know, like if I sort of put a name on each one of these, I think I'd have a list of about maybe 15 to 20 people. However, um, you know, the, the people that were up on the roof, it was kind of hard to make out who they were. I mean, even zooming in, you know, it was sort of difficult to sort of put a face on it. And then the other question is how many people were, you know, on night shift? How many people were sleeping in the RVs? How many people were sleeping in the school? How many people are in the school? It's hard to say. Yeah. There are enough good vehicles there that it could be as many as probably 40 people. Um, yeah. You know, typically when, when things get scary or intense Romana will hide within the RV and maybe send her the people with the security hats from Dollarama. She'll send them out to inspect. In this case, I've seen video where she's actually outside the RV surveying the protest. Was was there any point that you saw her or any of her other members going in and out of the school or were they just parked at the school? Like what I'm wondering is, were they using the building itself? Oh yeah, absolutely. They are using that building. So uh, since, scary. since they got there, I mean, the first video that I did was just sort of a recon mission by myself, no backup. I just, I got a tip. She was there and I had to go confirm it. So the first day I went out, you know, I was just sort of uh, go around the building, get the shot, go home. Uh, it was clear that day that they were already improving the building. Uh, but when I was out there um, uh, just yesterday um, or sorry, over the weekend, um, you know, it's not only clear that they're improving the building, they're doing renovations. Uh, you know, they're they're they had plumbing companies on the way out there that were ready to do work. Uh, that that uh, were turned around. Um, I've also heard that they had a um, a company that was going to empty out their porta potties. Uh, who once mm. they heard about this whole thing refused to do the job. So they're starting to mm. find it hard to find any contractors. But yeah, when I was out there the other day, uh, you know, over the weekend, they had a trailer out in the front of the building. Romana herself was going in and out of the front of the building. They had a sort of a, a communication um, table uh, where they were charging their walkie talkies. And so she, I, I had seen her there a few times and it's like, you know, when you see her, at least for myself, she just doesn't appear to be very majestic. So like, even when I zoom in on her and I see, oh, that's her, it's almost like it takes a minute to register. Like she's not acting very queen-like in uh, most of the video that I covered. It's just, she's just there working on her, you know, her crew and her building and yeah, they're they're clearly improving it. They're they're taking out drywall yeah. and they're they're getting ready to. Yeah, and I couldn't get a great look at it, but through your videos, it, I, it also I got the impression that there was a bunch of like extension cords. Like, is maybe the building doesn't have power, so they're running extension cords into it from a neighboring property or something? I it's not a neighboring property because the the whole perimeter. I mean, you could you could walk all the way around it. So yeah. Um, I suspect maybe generators or gener like maybe something like that, maybe generators on the roof, maybe the RVs have, yeah, the RVs must have an out power source. Maybe they're doing a mail to mail extension cord and running the RV into the school. Um, maybe they're not even running power in the school. Maybe those extension cords are all for power tools so that they can chop apart the, 
mice infested walls. I don't know. <laughs> Good point. Now, we've already looked at one clip um, of you, uh, it, which was, I think, was the first day that you were there. Uh, no, that um, was but... that was uh, the first day of the protesting. Um, okay. The first day that I was there, um, like I said, it was just a, a shorter video, a recon mission, uh, barely a blip on the radar. Uh, okay. But uh, so this, the one we just watched them was like the, when the protesting started, but it, it seems like the protest was definitely agitating the queen and her followers. Um, there's a, a second video I'm going to play about a minute of, and this is you again at the scene, but it is way more heated. This is the video where the man approaches you and threatens to sue you. Uh, the language is a whole lot worse in this I one. I apologize so if, if your son's really enjoying the content. I, I can't control it, you know. It, it comes out. He's, he's heard worse. Okay. okay, here it comes. Queens. And they, oh, here's a new guy. Yeah, I'm taking a picture right now. It's live. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? No, I'm not, you f***ing idiot. What's your name? What's your name? No, I'm not. I'm not afraid of you. You're a f***ing idiot who's brainwashed. How the f*** are you going to sue me? You don't even know who I am. Hey, oh, buddy, you're going to sue me. Okay, get the, go get your lawsuit papers from the Queen and bring them out here. I'll be served right now. I'm waiting to be served. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing anything. You're a f***ing idiot. What's your name? Oh, I bet I will be arrested. Oh, yeah. Who's going to arrest me? You? Are you a police officer? Did the Queen make you a cop? Are you guys cops now? Oh, come and arrest me, you f***ing idiots. Brainwashed f***ing fools. Dollar store freaking walkie-talkie idiots. And this lady right here, she's the craziest one. She's the, she's the brainwashed nutcase, isn't she? I feel bad for her a little bit. Everybody online making fun of you, but you're not even online, so you don't care, right? You're like, I got off of Facebook a long time ago because that's for brainwashed lunatics, right? You're only on Telegram now because that's where the real information is, right? The real information is on Telegram. Oh man, so it, it gets heated, but that's not the, the only clip I found of heated confrontations. And it's not just you involved. I saw that same lady at the end who was filming you in, in that video. I saw her getting in the face of several other people, getting very close to RCMP who eventually were on scene, uh, who, who arrived on the scene. But it's um, someone watching our live recording here says it's like a Trailer Park Boys episode. But it's, yeah, like if the Trailer Park Boys episode was like directed by David Lynch, maybe just for <laughs> one episode, you know, something like this may come out of it. But that, that is the vibe. But t tell me about when you're on the scene, the police are there, the Rich Mounds people are honking their horns. How heated did it get? Like, is your videos a fair representation of what was going on? Yeah. Uh, so it started off, they were sort of circling that whole property, as I said. The way that the quad is positioned, the out the uh, sort of opened horseshoe of the quad, it points towards the baseball diamond, uh, which is still public property. Um, so as they sort of increased the pressure on um, the people who were behind the orange line inside the uh, inside the uh, compound property, um, they actually uh, took away from uh, just doing the whole sort of perimeter of the block. And they started to come in onto the property really close to the uh, the orange lines. Uh, some folks were, I mean, they have big old dualies with like 36 inch lifted wheels. They're just driving their trucks right off down onto the grass and sort of, you know, drive around just to, you know, sort of get closer to that line and just sort of see. Because I think a lot of the folks there, they just saw the RCMP was at first just sitting way down the block observing. You know, they had their binoculars and stuff. They were just sort of making sure that, 
there wasn't anything, uh, you know, violent occurring, basically. Keep the peace sort of thing. Uh, once uh, some of the uh, locals made contact with the RCMP and, you know, the mayor, like I said, was there with the locals protesting. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, he, he goes over to the RCMP, says, you know, the plan is they want to get closer and closer. They want to drive their trucks basically right up to the line there and then start blasting the horns directly into the quad. Uh, and the RCMP were like, that's not illegal. <laughs> and uh and they yeah. sent one guy up to kind of you know park his truck in the in the park area next to the the exit by the baseball diamond and sort of walk over to um i guess sort of just be present while the mayor tried to have a negotiation with somebody they sent out um i didn't recognize the person they had sent out to speak with the mayor uh, it wasn't the little French guy. It wasn't the blonde lady. It wasn't Caven. It was some other guy. Um, it was a man. Yeah, it was a man, yeah. Um, I'd probably be able to point him out in the videos, but I hadn't got a name on him yet. Um, so too busy since then. But um, either way, uh, the negotiations didn't go well. The mayor kind of came back, just threw his hands up in the air, and he said, what did he say? He had one of those good old farmer Saskatchewan quotes. He said, he said, poke an ice pick in my ear and gouge my eyeballs out. I have seen and heard every friggin' thing. There's no way you can negotiate with the crazy. You can't. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to negotiate with this. It's impossible. Yeah. So walked away like at, at, mayor's, at mayor school, they don't get into like dealing with people who literally think the queen is, um, you know, holed up at a school in very rural Saskatchewan. This was not on his punch card for this year. I mean, like, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but, you know, stand up, dude, I want to say, like, as maybe somebody who's seen as a shit disturber, oh, you know, Tom hates the government, he hates the police. Uh, not always the case. Uh, when I uh, talked to this rural local mayor, uh, Brad Miller in uh, Richmond, Saskatchewan, stand up, dude, he just wants the best for everybody there. And specifically, he's thinking about the kids. He said, like, you know, there's a whole lot of talk about all kinds of different things. My main concern is that there's been people complain to me that the kids can't play at the playground right now. And that's sad. Like we got the kids got to mm. feel safe at the playground. And, you know, just look at what's going on over here. You know, like, and I, I you know, I walk close to it and I'm going, shit, I don't feel safe here. If I was yeah. nine years old, I definitely wouldn't feel safe over here. Definitely wouldn't be sending my kids over there. No way. No, it's um, the, the RCMP is on the scene. Eventually, I think CTV comes or, or at least contacts you. And because I, I noticed they had some of your photos, I think, in one of their stories. What I often think about with Queen Ramana and this whole phenomenon is it like it's so weird that although it's of course, it's it's not right and maybe bordering on illegal. Some of the things she does and says, I think they get a pass because it's just so weird. No one knows how to handle it. Uh, when I think of her arriving in rural Saskatchewan, I think of that just going way, way over the townspeople's heads. So like what was what was kind of the feeling you were getting from them dealing with this absurd situation arriving into their town? Uh, like you said, if it's, um, you know, a new business moves into a town of 160 and maybe shakes up the way things are a little bit, you know, there's going to be some growing pains with that. But when it's this bizarre cult that thinks that if they, man, if they, a, they lead the shadow government. Let me tell you this. If a new business were to move into Richmond, Saskatchewan, they would not care if they were uh, Muslims selling uh, halal food. They would they would mm -hmm. welcome them with open arms. Those are farmers just like us. They sell food just like us. And we are doing nothing but losing business here. So, I mean, 
years ago when the school was there, there was also a motel bar. And that motel bar has also closed in the past, uh, I guess, seven years or so. And so the local people are feeling this sort of um, this this morale, um, this loss of sort of municipal morale. You know, the thing that existed once was rich mound. And when you think of that in your mind, like I'm not a farm boy, but like it kind of means there was a rich mound of dirt and it was good for growing and it was rich soil and they got you know it's a, it's a place they're proud of and its name you know sort of says what it is and mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of proud farm folks out there and um yeah they would like i said they would welcome any new business that would come in there anybody i'm sure who wants to move out there and become a rich moundian or rich mounder or whatever you call them, um <laughs> they'd love it but this isn't that they're not bringing a new yeah. business to town uh, they're not bringing, I mean, like, so if even there was one person there that said, if even this weird group of people were paying taxes, we'd be fine with it. Even, we don't even care if they want to start their own crazy thing, their religion or whatever it is, or their kingdom of Canada. Like they can have their whole entire kingdom behind those orange lines right there. As long as they pay the taxes to the municipal government here so that are our communities that crumble because we need mm-hmm. the roads and the streetlights. And, you know, there are some basic things that we need to have done here. And if the only thing that we have is the property tax off the people here, that starts to become quite a pinch. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. there's no gas station, there's no store, there's no, you can't, you can't really buy anything in Richmond. So where does the tax money come from? Um, and so the, the big property owner is now going to be the people that own the big school uh, and they're going to develop it into doing something whatever it is those people there they don't seem to really care what that is they don't care they don't care if it's a i mean if it's okay if it's a dangerous cult that's going to abduct their children and eat them they care but um they don't i don't think they really think that that's the case they are very concerned about the sentiment that these people are bringing that it's anti-government to the level of we shouldn't pay our taxes we shouldn't pay our hydro bill we're not going to pay anything to anybody uh, and so that they feel that that's going to end up being a drain on their small community because, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's, you know, it's already required police presence, you know, so that's one thing, you know, leader Saskatchewan has had to send RCMP out there just to make sure that the townsfolk aren't, you know, having a, a big riot or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a drain on them. Uh, how? It's, they're yet to find out, I think. Um you know, right now, uh, there's speculation about the power in the building. We don't know. Is it hooked up? Is it not? Do they have insurance? Do they not? You know, if they cause some kind of a fire and they burn down the school, does that cause, you know, damages to that playground that the kids all want to play at? And, you know, there's a lot of questions up in the air and the townsfolk, <clears throat> they have not got any <laughs> good answers. So they're they're getting real worried. Mm-hmm. And this is their response. And- yeah, and one thing I saw, we, did, we didn't really get into this, but they're in an abandoned school. One thing I saw in your videos is it, it seems like you're aware of who owns the school and a, a little bit about the background. Like at one point they were considering growing pot, as you mentioned, but I saw parts of your video where you're shouting to the fellow that owns the building. I, I almost thought you were from that neighborhood or that area or whatever because you, you knew this stuff. W- what do you know about the guy who owns it? And, and how did you learn this stuff if you're not from Richmond? So uh, investigative journalism, something that is dying in Canada because there's just no money for it. But uh, I somehow have become hopelessly addicted to it and uh, will, I don't know, steal, pillage and uh, just, I don't know, survive my way through all of the downs to continue doing it. 
uh, I like investigating stuff. And so the first time I went out there, um, like I said, it was a few days before just on a recon mission. And uh, this guy drove up to me in a truck and basically was like, get off of my property. And so, you know, uh, in filming him, I took all that stuff back and I started doing some of my research. You know, they say, do your research. So I did my research. Uh, I, you know, I called just about everybody that I could uh, I could talk to uh, and floated, uh, you know, pictures. And uh, then I got a name and I found out this guy who had come up to me in the truck. He's called Ricky Manns, M-A-N-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rick Manns, uh, they tell me, uh, used to be a real hip dude. It was super cool. I mean, I even think maybe if I had met him before this whole interaction, maybe I would have helped him grow some pot in his school or, you know, <laughs> listen to some rock and roll music. I don't know. It seems like a... Like he was a cool dude, but somewhere along the way, uh, you know, something something happened and, you know, he's changed a little bit. He started to act a little different. Um, so, yeah, that guy, Ricky, uh, also really well known as a karate instructor in Southern Alberta. Uh, yeah, he's got a black belt in karate and I think has been instructing for over two decades. Um, so has several decades in uh, the karate world, which uh, it's funny, you know, a lot of people who have sent me messages have said, you know, it's funny and all that, what you're doing, but watch out for Ricky, you know, like he's, he's a dangerous guy. And I think to myself, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a a black belt, you know, you got to get your, uh, don't you have to register your hands as lethal weapons or something? <laughs> I think that's just Steven Seagal yeah. had to. I don't know. And Chuck Norris, maybe, no, but I don't know. That's totally if it's, a uh... Steven Seagal joke there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hot puncher. Yeah. My sensei. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's bizarre, but this idea that queen Romana and her bizarre group would have people across the country willing to put them up is no surprise to me. I I have this story I told before. Um, this is maybe two years ago or so when the queen was going around doing her meet and greets with the RV at this point, she had like three or four RVs traveling together. Several of them were rented slash stolen somewhere in the middle between the two. Uh, but anyways, um, I was at one of the meet and greets and there was this big issue with one of the RVs, I guess it was in winter and something was wrong with, um, the heat in the RV. Uh, it wasn't working. They're all freezing in there. And I was waiting around to meet the queen, but she couldn't come out because they needed to assess whatever was wrong with the RV. Um, and I'm watching on my telegram is uh, like, I had my phone open. So I was looking at the telegram, like to see the internal kind of talks between the queen and her crew about, uh, about this meet and greet that I was like in lineup for, but, uh, they eventually put out a message saying, we're in Halifax at, you know, whatever street it was that we're at. Uh, we're having a problem with our RV. It's um, the engine's running hot and there's no heat coming through the building. If anyone's or through the RV, if anyone knows anything about or a mechanic that knows anything about RVs, come see us. That message went out at, say, 10 o'clock. It was like 1027. This truck pulls up. Two guys get out of the truck. They got a big thing of tools. And Halifax is a big military population, as you know. The truck that they were in was a military truck, like Department of Defense or whatever. And these guys come over and like hug, shake hands, takes pictures with her, fix the RV. And they like open the hood, take pieces of the engine out, do whatever they do and just fix it and drive off. And I'm I'm just thinking like if I have car trouble, you know, I'd be calling up my best friends and they'd still turn me down. (laughs) So it's yeah. like they have it's nuts, but she has followers and resources and, you know, people will step out and. Yeah, you uh, know, I think step out for some her. of the attraction there, I think, is that 
if somebody heard about this on the internet through a big thing with a bunch of followers, hey, look, this thing has 25,000 followers and they're right around the corner. If you go help them, maybe it will make your business look good or you'll be on the, you'll, it's free advertising. You know, it's free real estate. Mm -hmm. Take it, you know? So a guy will run out there and maybe fix a, an RV hoping that um, that's good word of mouth to all the other followers in the 20,000 that if you need yeah. your RV fixed, call me and you'll pay, right? Oh, but the queen, she doesn't have to, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it is a bizarre world. But at, at the time that we're recording right now, it is Monday the 25th. The um, it, it doesn't look like anything has changed in Richmond since your videos over the weekend. Where do you see this going? You, you've been there, you're on the scene. Do you do you think the townspeople will be able to keep up the protest? Do you think Romana and her crew will be able to maintain them, uh, given the noise and everything else, everything else they're dealing with? Where do you, where do you think this is going to go? I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know if you um, follow Romana Digilo's um, Telegram channel, but they've been talking about you. Are you aware of this? I, I do follow, uh, maybe not with as much fervor as some of the followers follow. I don't have all that following time. Uh, I'm, do I'm okay. doing a little bit of leading here and there. So, <laughs> Okay, yeah, because she... Uh, um, when this all went down, I think this was yesterday, the majority... Yeah, the 24th, so this would have been yesterday, they were writing. So the Queen... She's made some decrees. I know she's made some decrees. Well, well, she made a, a statement to her followers and community basically saying, greetings, everyone. How are you doing after watching all the paid protesters all day long in Richmond? They're protesting against. And then she lists the things she's done for the country, like um, oh, yeah. uh, making everyone owners of natural resources, $1.5 trillion of gold and silver being spent on housing. Um, she goes on to say, uh, so they're really protesting against being free from centuries of enslavement by the cabal, deep staters, and black hat globalists. Um, but then it goes on a little bit, and it's uh, actually this. She's now sharing one of her followers writing her a message that says, uh, like, your majesty, I watched the live stream of the paid-for journalist. He's immature, shameful. He's a noisy fly. He has no idea of what is truth and integrity, true courage and, and service. Uh, those that cheered him on, shameful, immature to encourage a bully at the expense of other human souls that you're too lazy to learn more about. Where's your empathy? Where's your love? And where's your humanity? I, I think you're that noisy fly, I think, uh, the paid for journalist. You know, I... I... And this might sound totally weird, but uh, after having done a little bit more research today, I, I think I might agree with some of the things that were said there. And I want to quantify that in a certain kind of way. Uh, okay. So recently I spoke with uh, Info Cult. This is a group out of Quebec. Montreal, Quebec. And they're doing great research. Um, and the research is uh, centralized around the people that are inside these cults, the family members who are a member, uh, you know, who are who are connected, uh, you know, through a family member to uh, one of these organizations. And um, it's so different when you look at something from the inside of a problem versus from the outside of a problem, the language you use to discuss those things and the, and the um, you know, the, the way that you frame it is totally different. So from the outside, which is where I come from, looking at something that as you and I both as outsiders look at it and we go, oh, my gosh, what a ridiculous, hysterical, absurd thing. You know, it's it's worthy of at least a joke. Like, let's have a laugh. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And that's like valuable to us, you know, like as the outsiders observing to like, you know, be able to have a laugh when something is actually kind of kind of a little serious and scary. Right. It's like mm-hmm. kind of helps take the edge off a little bit. Right. But the people mm-hmm. on the inside, they are actually like emboldened the more that somebody such as myself, you know, um, uh, might uh, engage with them in a, a way that is abrasive, you know. So I try to keep some balance between being abrasive and being comedic because there were points where I saw those folks on the other side of the line holding their phones and shaking. They'd poke behind for a second and they'd look and they'd smile over something that I said. You know what I mean? And I think that there's got to be a way to get through to everybody. You know, everybody's Mm -hmm. very different. Some people on their most frustrating day, you could get through to them somehow with a new message. They learn something when they're frustrated. Other people, sometimes it's when they're laughing and having a great time, they learn stuff, you know? So uh, other people, it's when they're feeling like I'm creative, I'm by myself, I'm learning by myself, you know? So everybody, you know, will will break free from this weird sort of spell that Romana has over them in different ways. Um, and some of them, it might be through desperation, might be frustration. It might be just that I called them a name and they didn't like that. And, they, you know, that's all a lot of ways. So I, I try to put some balance there. But um, I also want to sort of uh, insert that that, yeah, like it is it is funny for us as outside observers. But if you're somebody who's got a family member that's that's in that thing it's not so funny to you anymore. And then like the stuff that I'm doing online probably doesn't seem so funny. And I might kind of seem like a, you know, an immature, this, that, the other. Uh, but yeah, I think I probably am that fly on the wall they were talking about. Uh, I hope they hey, want to hang me for treason and all kinds of different things. Uh, I'll go out there and volunteer to walk the plank into the uh, ocean uh, that is next to their pirate ship. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I can't understand it. <laughs> Well, let's end with this for we've talked a lot about your videos and your coverage for people out there who haven't found any of this stuff yet. How do they find your videos and see what you've uh, see what you found when you showed up in Richmond? Yeah. So uh, the most immediate place, if you're on Facebook, uh, you just search community TV um, and you'll see uh, our new periodical name is the Trash Panda. Um, and so our website is just uh, comtv.ca, C-O-M-T-V.ca. And uh you know, I started it thinking about community. I want the community to be able to tell their stories. Uh, you know, I'm just sort of the, the lightning rod that helps them get it out to more people. Uh, we've also got um, uh, the YouTube channel. Um, so uh, often the content that is live streamed on Facebook will then be uh, shared on YouTube for those that uh, for some reason despise ever clicking Facebook links. Because um, all the truth is on Telegram and YouTube, I guess. I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, if you do find anything at all in terms of video from the other side floating around on Telegram, I want it real bad. Tom at comtv.ca. Send me the emails of whatever video. If they got video from their side of me, oh, I, I love seeing both sides. I love seeing oh, both sides. Oh, yeah, videos. that's great. <laughs> it might be useful right. in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, this has been awesome. I appreciate the work you're doing going there and putting yourself in harm's way, uh, teaching us a little bit about what's going on, also making us laugh. And of course, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to give me a behind the scenes look at it. So this has been great. Well, cheers uh, with a Alexander Keith's to another Nova Scotian. Um, <laughs> cha-ching. Thanks so much for having me. I want to thank you for joining Tom and I for our discussion. As of the time of recording, the situation hasn't changed all that much in Richmond. There's talk of a potential meeting between Romana and the mayor, but as of now, that seems to be just rumors. But one thing is for sure, there isn't going to be an easy solution to this. 
and I'm also quite certain that this won't be the last time we discuss Romana Digilo on this show. If you have any thoughts, opinions, or information on this story, I invite you to share them with me via voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I'm going to be watching along closely with this one. Now, I'm going to wrap up this episode here, but before I do, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Tom from Community TV for sharing an evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. I'd like to thank LJ from the Dystopian Simulation Podcast, provides the intro and outro voiceovers, and Monty Data, who contributes the music for this series. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thanks goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now, on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Lolly, Kara, and Anna, thank you for your generous support. If anyone else would like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but it also gives you the episodes two days early, it gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If you're interested, you can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And as a little bit of encouragement, an annual premium fee subscription gets you a free swag pack sent to you by mail. And for whatever reason, if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show grow by sharing the episodes on social media and recommending this show to all your friends. Your support in growing this is very much appreciated. So to wrap things up here, let me remind you all to take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.